Hello, Kayla. Hello, oh, wow. That was beautiful. You harmonized so well. Oh, did I? That was purely on accident because well, music not. No I give good. you a Grammy. Oh, thank you. Friendship Grammy. It. I'm expecting it in the mail. ASAP. Thank you. I will because we support USPS here. Yes, we do. During this worldwide pandemic. What, what? Hey, did you know that someday, maybe, possibly sometime, we're going to be not in this pandemic? Did you know? Maybe, I someday? can only hope. I Hopefully mean, we're, we're soon. Coming, we're coming up on, on uh, the one-year anniversary. Uh, <laughs> How far so we've fallen. Me, I know. I don't... Um, uh, I feel both that it's been a million years and also that there's no way it's been one. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I. Yeah. It's been, it's been a year. It's been a summer. It's been but a it's summer. all downhill from here. That's <laughs> it's been one month. Record. And it's all downhill from here. You notice how musical I'm being? Do you know why, Harrison? No, do tell. It's because we're reviewing a film with musics in it. It's Rent. It's it could be rent. I mean, I've seen rent. We could talk about rent. You want to talk about rent? No, we don't have enough hours what? and minutes. Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> if I was better at knowing rent, I would go. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Oh my god! That's you just it. pulled that out of thin air. That was amazing. I'm a rent head. <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> no, I'm. That's what my friends people. call me. <laughs> Is rent <laughs> I know. Yeah, I call you rent head. I've called you rent head since we first met. Um, no, I'm one of those like terrible monster people who now when I watch rent, like I don't, the main characters really bother me. And mm. I'm like, Benny's right. Look at all these freeloading, rich parent having, not Angel, but like the two main white guys. Oh, yeah. Es especially the one whose parents are always calling and being like, how can we support your artistic vision? And he's like, God, they don't understand me. And he's like, 45 years old. Anyway. Well, <laughs> I don't think he's supposed... I think the actor who played that part was older, but he also played that part in the original Rent. Okay, well, even if you're 18, no. Yeah. No. Don't go squatting in some luxuriously huge apartment and beg your, like, one black friend for money, uh, and then your other... My mistake, two black friends. Your second black friend, you beg for housing. And the other one, you, you beg for cash. Meanwhile, you have parents who would be more than happy to support you. They have to say, That's... damn the man, Kayla. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Those are my feelings on rent. End of review. <laughs> <laughs> okay, things were different in the late 80s. And... No, they weren't. <laughs> Case in point, the plot of Name Soul. Name one thing that was different. <laughs> oh, right, Soul! <laughs> We're talking about a Disney Pixar film. It's called Soul. And it's a computer animated fantasy comedy drama. I'm sorry. I just almost spit out my drink when you said it's a computer animated. <laughs> this is not a live action film, despite what you may have gathered from the preview. It's not. What? Was the preview in live action? No. No. Oh, I didn't watch a preview for this, so I don't. I actually had no concept of what this was going into it. I didn't Which is either. my new, my new favorite way of watching movies is to not watch trailers. That's yeah, just... that's Carly's preferred way. Yeah. I, on the other hand, could watch seven hours of trailers and be so oh, happy. 
I love trailers, and I have said back when we could go into theaters, I have said, like, I would pay to watch two hours of just trailers because they're very entertaining. I love them. But if it's a movie I already know I'm going to watch, it's like, let's just go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go into the film. I wonder if it says something about our attention span. Oh, I'm sure it does. Little 90s babies. (laughs) Oh, 90s babies. I guess Um, 80s, whatever. So... I don't think we count as 80s babies. I, I personally was only alive for nine months of the 80s. Of the I was alive 80s. for four years, and it still wasn't long enough for me to care about anything mall culture, as we will get to when we review another film coming oh, soon. Oh, yeah, we sure will. For a minute, I was like, what film? And I was like, all right. God. Anyway, Soul, um, can I tell you so, what I thought this movie was going to be? I would love to know. I had no idea, even though it's called Soul, um, I had no idea the whole aspect of like him being a soul ghost for a lot of this film was part of it at all. Mm. Um, I was vaguely aware that there was something like that because I remember a lot of talk when this first came out at the end of last year where people were like, why can't we have a Disney Pixar movie, Disney or Pixar movie, about a black person where they're just in a black body the whole time and their, their points were like Princess and the Frog um, where they spend most of that film as frogs. And then in this film where the main character actually spends like half of his time as a little blue thing. Tamagotchi looking thing. Yeah. And half the other half of the time as a cat. As a cat. Which I wasn't expecting. So that actually, though, as cheap as that may be, and that point is very valid. Um, I still wasn't expecting it. And I was kind of happy about it because I was like, I, I have no musical talent, Harrison. None. <laughs> that's Just, not true. We heard you sing in the opening. I mean, thank you, but like I said, that's an accident. I don't understand rhythm. I tried band as a youth, like the youth in this film. Mm-hmm. Unlike the youth in this film, I've tried really hard, <laughs> and I was really bad at it. What like, did you play? I s- percussion, because I rec- I already knew, like I just had an inkling that I wasn't any good at music. You're Plus, like, I'm gonna hit like, on this brass thing over and over exactly. and over. Exactly. My mom was also back where I grew up. They were like, they didn't, I don't know, my middle school that I work at, they rent out instruments to kiddos. But that wasn't a thing growing up for me. It was like, whatever you choose to play in band, you, you have, have to, to pay buy for it. Yeah, same. And my mom was like, that's interesting because you know what we can't afford? Drumsticks. And what we can't afford is any instrument. Right. <laughs> so twofer. But even, I just have no sense of rhythm. I can't, I can't dance either. I can't keep time. It ain't for you. It ain't for you. No. And so I was like, I don't want to watch this movie because it's about a jazz musician, probably something really boring about how music is wonderful and language of soul. I thought maybe it would be kind of like the second Fantasia, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Oh, I never saw um, it. Where the animation's kind of boring and it's mostly about the music and it's like, uh, I don't know. That's kind of what the first Fantasia was too. The difference for me, at least, with the first Fantasia is because it was that film and also because as a youth, I was very invested in it. You know when you kind of like something just because you did when you were younger? Mm. So you have like the nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was never a fan of that movie because I was like, what is going on and why should I care about this? (laughs) I was like, this is the most boring movie ever. It's just nothing is actually happening. Where is the dialogue? if I were, well, and the original Fantasia does have dialogue, kind of. 
Like there's kind of an aspect of the composers talking you through the film. Yeah. Um, which is enjoyable. But the second Fantasia is like almost instantly forgettable for me. I was a little older when it came out. I think I was like 11. So that was probably part of it too. But in any case, I was like, I don't want to watch another Fantasia 2000 boring thing. I get it. Most people have music in their hearts and I don't. And I don't want to be reminded. And I don't want to be reminded. Yeah. And then you watched Soul and it all, it all changed you. Your soul left your body. Your soul left the music. (laughs) Did it come back? Did you fall down a manhole? Um, also why is it called a a manhole larger question i mean because men go down into the hole (laughs) i don't know i have no idea (laughs) Uh, um well let's talk about it i don't know that i i don't know that i saw the trailer to this honestly i think carly was like "Ooh, a new pixar film and nine times out of ten for whatever reason in the last few years, I'm just not interested in animated movies. Like yes. an exception to the rule was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because oh, it yeah, was cause... because it was Marvel and because I like Spider-Man. I was like, I'll watch this. And boy was I pleasantly surprised. And um, it was amazing. Uh, that was a big disappointment for me at first when I heard about it because I was like, finally Miles, you know, I mean we talked about into the Spider-Verse. Right. I, I'm a huge fan of Miles Morales in the comic books. Um, and I was disappointed at first that it was an animation because I felt like, I was like, God, like, why can't he get a live action? But then honestly, it was a lot better than, than the Tom Holland Spider-Mans that are out there. So, fuck yeah. It was a lot better than like a lot of Marvel endeavors. Uh, I think the problem for us, Harrison, as in our demographic is like, we're just a little bit too old for like the magic of an animated film and we don't have kids. Like, I feel like if we, once you have kids, then there's like a re-entry into it yeah it's like well i have to watch this thing because i have a child and they're gonna watch it so i hope it's something enjoyable and then you kind of re-engage with it that's at least my theory yeah i think that's probably right um i that being said Mm -hmm. uh i'm glad i watched it so what's what's soul about kayla why don't you walk us through it i can so it's about a man whose name i immediately forget Joe Gardner. Right. Joe Gardner. <laughs> is his name Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's Joe the whole time. Okay. Yeah. All right, Joe. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, the cat's name is like Mr. Mittens. I remember that. I just no, remember sure, the, I just it, remember Joe wears a really dumb fedora that I hate. I was about to say his fedora is what I think of the most, especially. Okay, so well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So um, Joe, who's played by Jamie Foxx. Um, is a jazz musician. Uh, he's a middle school band teacher, which is hilarious because I'm a middle school teacher. And um, there was a there was a point for me where I thought that this was going to be like, yeah, being a middle school teacher is dope. And that is not the message from this film. <laughs> Listen, us middle school teachers need the movies to tell us what we do is important and good, or else we'll get depressed. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't. That was your takeaway. I don't think that was true. Well, we'll talk about it. I'm getting ahead of myself. So he's he's a band teacher. And his principal's like, congrats, you're full-time. He goes home, and he's like, I don't think I'm going to uh, take this full-time job. And his mom's like, that's stupid, because you're an old man, basically. An old middle-aged man, and your father was a musician, and even though he was successful, 
uh, I don't think you're going to be, and you should take this full-time job. And he's like, but my life is about the music. I mean, I'm not wrong. That is the premise of this film. And <laughs> That is correct. He's... But also, like, for those that don't know, like, <laughs> the idea of a teacher being offered a full-time job is, like, a huge deal. Like, I feel like oh, for people that don't know, it seems, like, disingenuous. But it's so relatable to be watching this and be like, oh, my God, that is a tough decision. Like, do well, you take this full-time job that's going to guarantee you health care at the age mm-hmm. that he's at because he's been doing this thanklessly for so long because he cares mm-hmm. about it and he wants to teach, but it is obviously that's a hard the impression decision. I, I got a different impression from him. I got the impression that he there are moments where he appreciates some of his students, too, in particular, but he seems to be very miserable being a middle school teacher. Um, like... You know, and but you're right about the full time thing, especially for fine arts teachers, especially in the secondary level. It is so hard to get a job like that. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why, even though I went to art school, I teach science. I do not teach fine arts. Um, yeah. It's almost impossible to get a full time position in fine arts unless someone dies or moves away. Yeah. Um, and on a university level, for example, mm-hmm. I remember my second year of graduate school, there was someone who came to do a lecture and basically said, like, there's going to be probably 300 of you graduating this year in the United States, and there's going to be 13 jobs. So, like, what are you going to do? (laughs) Yeah. And that's real. Like, I have so many many friends, and some of my best teachers um, were adjuncts, and they were treated and are, you know, still treated so unfairly. Mm -hmm. I don't know that the writers of this script fully um, appreciated that feeling. I definitely got the feeling from the way he reacts when the principal tells him and the way he's telling his mom, like, I don't think I'm going to do it. There's a general sense that, like, he doesn't see the value in teaching. Right. I think he a but little also bit that, sees it at the end. That's also, like, a harsh reality. Like, so many people do this for so long that they no longer enjoy it. And then when the opportunity arises, they're like, is this worth it? Like, I've been doing it for this long, and I haven't been valued at all. You know, that's it's, a good point. it's a system that's set up for failure because it is a system that, you know, uh, prioritizes the labor of the instructor over them being compensated or valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think like, I don't know, it's a, in the grand scheme of things, it's like a minor point of this film, but I think it really no, resonates well, with anyone who is in the teaching industry. Yes. And clearly with the two of us, it's what we're going to really be kind of gravitating towards. Right. Um, so this film, what this film is actually about is he, he, the day he is offered the full-time position as a middle school teacher He's also offered this, um, au- uh, not auction, what do they call it in music? Audition. He is able to audition for a famous jazz performer in New York City, which is where he lives, because one of his former students, so there's, you know, although it's kind of a cheap connection, because it's like, well, now that I know that one of my students can grow up and be a connection for me, maybe teaching us girl. Yeah. Um, but anywho, um, one of his former students is like, hey, we're down a piano player, come perform. He does. He gets the gig. It's very exciting, so he's like, "Never, I'm not even going to think about the teaching position because now I'm going to be playing with this, this, uh, you know, famous, famous jazz singer." Yeah, and then he dies. Or I did. They're not even a singer. There is no a, singer. Oh, they're, they're a, a saxophone. Saxophonist. saxophone. Yeah. She's, a, she's a saxophonist. 
the saxophonist? Sure. Saxophonist? I don't know. You're right. There is no singer because I don't know anything about jazz. That's how I'm like, what do you mean there's no singer? That's what music is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, How to connect with us the least amount when talking about music? Bring up jazz. I mean, honestly. um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like him in his flashback where he's like, I also hated jazz until I came to this very club when I was 13. And I was like, wow, piano music is pretty. I was like, no. Little you. Yeah. It's wrong. You missed us there, but. Incorrect. I thought the animation sequence of this character, um, his his death, quote unquote, because he doesn't really technically die. Um, but the all the little things where he like he, he walks past a bunch of um, obstacles that could have been fatal. And it's not until the very, 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 very end he falls down a manhole. Yeah. Um, that's left open. That was a pretty good visual gag that I really enjoyed. Um, especially since, you know, that's one of the few scenes that are in New York City, Mm -hmm. uh, because a great deal of the film takes place in the afterlife where everyone is just the, the, the ethereal version of their, their soul. And it's, it's a little blue goblin thing (laughs) with no nose. (laughs) But if you were wearing a hat, you get a hat, but no nose. And, um, Gosh, the yeah. So this is where it it, get, it gets very entertaining and interesting, but it also gets absolutely convoluted um, because he resists going to the afterlife. He jumps ship, as it were, into the place where new souls are getting ready to be born, mm. and he's swept up and becomes a mentor. And the premise of the film is that he, a soul who technically has a connection still to Earth because his body is just in a coma becomes the mentor for a soul that has not ever decided it was ready to go to earth. Is it and the decision of the soul? Is it the decision of that person? I thought that there was like some gray area, like they just weren't. There's a great, well, they weren't. So there's this idea that like a little, a newborn soul, like a little baby soul needs to have a spark in order to be ready to go to earth. And it's insinuated throughout most of the film that the spark is what your life's purpose is going to be. And this little soul, though, they, they show how the little soul had all these other famous mentors like Abraham Lincoln and Mother Teresa that tried to get it to find a spark. Mm-hmm. And they kept being like, why would I want to leave the great before when everything is dope here and I just hang out and I don't have to go to Earth and it's great. And I'm like, tell it. End of film. Just kidding. That's not the end yeah. of film. <laughs> and it's Tina Fey is playing this role, which is the character's name is 22. So 22. essentially this whole movie is about Joe and 22. Yes. Um, because Joe the whole time just wants to get back to his body so he can play this show with the famous saxophonist. Mm-hmm. So. And 22 just wants to not go to earth apparently. Yes. And he's a pretty selfish dude through most of it. I mean, He's a dynamic character, though. He goes through changes, mostly because 22 um, has these organic experiences. And they, um, I know it's Tina Fey voicing them, but do they ever refer to 22 having pronouns or a gender or anything? I can't remember. Yeah, I think she, I think. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. So she. It would be pretty um, progressive of Pixar to. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. (laughs) Um, I thought it, well, anyway, I'm jumping ahead again. I was going to say something about the ending, but I'm saving it. 
Um, but she, she then, she ends up through wacky adventures in his body, and he ends up in the body of a cat. And through the eyes of the cat, while she does a better job of being him than he's ever done, he realizes that he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the moral of soul, the end. <laughs> Hey, Harrison, why didn't we have to pay extra to watch Soul, but when Mulan came out, you had to pay extra on top of having a Disney Plus subscription? What? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I never watched the live-action Mulan. Oh. I'm not sure. I didn't know that that was even a thing, but that's awfully smart of them, money-making Disney. Well, I bum Disney Plus, so I wasn't going to spend $20 on someone else's account, right? So I never (laughs) saw Mulan. I didn't see it either. I don't... I wonder if you could still watch it or if it's still... It I think like it's another, on... It wasn't... I think it's on Disney Plus now. I think that the reason they did it, that is because they couldn't release yeah. it in theaters. Because well, of COVID. That's, that's true about Soul, too. You know. I guess I didn't watch this until... they're hurting for money. Right. I guess I didn't watch this until it had been out for long enough. I'm not really sure. When well, did this come out? it's been out for like a month and a half. It came out on Christmas. Soul did? Yeah. Oh. I promise. Well, that's interesting. Because it's what all of my fa- my friends who have children, they all watch this on Christmas. That was the joint oh. experience of all of my parent friends. <laughs> well, this is a good movie to watch on Christmas. It's far better than the fucking Christmas movie we were all forced to watch. We watched a lot of really, really terrible, awful Christmas movies this year. And it's yeah. all Harrison's fault. It's true. <laughs> Especially... The one with Case too. I know. Rip. Anywho. Which I can't even remember the name my of. my appreciation for. Because uh, it was so bad. Fuck at, uh, happiest season. Happiest, happiest season. season. Uh. Yes. Um, so this, I, this is like, I've not, I, I, we've watched some pretty crazy films on this podcast before, Harrison, but this is one of the ones that I feel like I'm struggling the most to explain because it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> It's very odd. Like, I actually don't but know. But it's odd, but it's kind of a simple premise. I mean, to its mm-hmm. core, it's just about, you know, this person who's not ready to die. It's very much like a Christmas tale or whatever, the Christmas carol story. Oh, like a Christmas carol. Yeah, yeah. just like okay. kind of. Yeah, I see that. I see that. that. That trope where it's like this person, we're led to believe they're dead, but they're not. And they have to get back and they learn all this shit along the way. And. Mm-hmm learn the value of what they took for granted through someone else's experience. So Mm -hmm. ultimately that is 22 who ends up wanting to stay in his body and he has to fight with everything he has when the help of a weird like person named Moonwind, who is like Like a a hippie (laughs) sort of crystal person who lives in both the soul realm and also is a sign spinner and reality. It's the very idea is that like it's, if you meditate well enough you can go in between the earth and and the beyond. If you meditate well enough and this guy meditates well enough at his job spinning spinning the sign that advertises to go to some pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> in Manhattan. Like okay, yes, bought it. Yeah. It's okay. You got it. I us. think this film would be really hard to follow for a kid. I think it's great story really in the end like i Mm -hmm. i do it's it's charming um 
you know, I, especially what's charming is when 22 is in his body and he's watching as the cat and, you know, she's going through all these things that he goes through every day, but she's seeing this, the inherent miracle of like everyday life that he right. had kind of gotten numb to. Like, I think that's all really wonderful. I wonder how this would read to a kid. Not that it's like scary or like bad or anything. I just wonder if a kid would be like, what the hell <laughs> is going on? I think there's a lot of like sort of slapstick humor. Like I think a lot of the like physical humor of the movie would be funny to a child. Mm-hmm. One thing that I just thought of when you were saying that um, is how there's one part where 22 is in his body and he, he, Joe and Joe is in the cat mm-hmm. and they get home and before they go out and 22 as Joe gets her haircut or Joe's haircut um, <laughs> and basically 22 or Joe is like, you need to take a shower. And then there's this moment where as the cat, he's like, Oh, you need to get naked to take a shower. And then he like looks away like, Oh, like I don't want to see a naked body, but it's his own naked body. So why would that be his reaction? And also the cat I'm sure has seen him naked before. There's like (laughs) weird things like that where I'm like, like I get that it's silly and like, I don't know. That's just, there's some really strange moments where I'm like, who decided on this? (laughs) I mean, I think it's a pretty clear cut. I think you could be in the like room where you're storyboarding and you're like, if we have to have him take a shower, he's like kind of technically a little unborn girl. So the grown man in the cat's body can't see her name. Like I actually, that kind of makes sense to me. It's super weird though. Um, That honestly, (laughs) That and every the, their journey from the hospital to the house, that whole sequence is really weird. Yeah. And sad. Yeah. Um, but then once she gets the hang of it, that's when it's it's really kind of sweet. Yeah. Like how nice she is to the hairdresser when he clearly like and he the hairdresser's even like, man, normally you never ask me about myself right. or really participate Des. in a conversation. Yeah. Des was such a good character. <laughs> Yes. Um, um, and it was so, so nice I, to sort of highlight that. Yeah. Where he was like, I love my job. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not my... I also enjoyed him being like, it's not my purpose. It's not my destiny to be a hairdresser. It's just like what I do and I enjoy it. And I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of anyway. good moments like that in this film that I think were like, <clears throat> hopefully inspirational to adults and children alike, where it's like... You don't have to go to a million years of college and do this thing. Like, you could also do this thing that's equally as valuable mm-hmm. and rewarding. Well, I also liked the idea, because I, the idea that it's not even about any one thing. Like, it's even the character of Joe himself, when he does eventually get back in his body and he gets to play the concert, once it's over, he's sort of like, wait. I finally did this amazing thing I've always wanted to do that I thought was my life's purpose. And now it's like, that's it. And you realize like the real purpose or the real spark or the real magic is just life itself. Right. And the, and the, the, the angel people who live in heaven kind of back that up. Um, I think that what you said about moments is exactly how I feel about this film. 
like overall I found it a little confusing yeah and I don't know if it's a film that I'm gonna want to return to but there were moments that were really special yeah um, that were really some of the best moments in a Pixar or Disney film um, that I've seen yeah I yeah I mean for sure like some redeeming qualities I think were the animation style itself I thought it was really interesting how the afterlife is depicted and and silly and fun and like where all the young souls are being rounded up by whatever that character is. Um, mm-hmm. Like the soul counter or whatever. Was that it? Yeah. Or no, that was, yeah. that was Terry. All the, well, all of the, all of those beings that are sort of angel like in that they're like, you know, they're this part of the universe. Like they're made out of light and line. They're not like physical beings. Yeah. All of that. I love the animation style. Yeah. I thought was really oh, interesting. That was all great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was funny. Like how, the counter was this like super neurotic character who's like really short and like very singular line, like comic from a newspaper style. Like it was just yes. really interesting the decisions that they made. Um, yeah. And ultimately like in the end of the movie, Joe after the concert is like, Oh, I'm going to have to live like this every day. And even though this was like what I wanted to do, I had to fuck over 22 to do it because I kicked Mm -hmm. 22 out of my body. And so Joe goes back and finds 22 and basically is like, we're going to go back to earth together. We're going to take the plunge. And 22 is like, but you won't be able to live. And Joe's like, that's fine. I've already lived. And then wakes up and is like, I'm alive. Now I can appreciate my life. One of the angels is like, you did such a good job getting through to our trouble child 22 that we're going to let you go back to earth. Yeah. So it's like a deal. I keep calling them angels and that's stupid. I was going to say I earlier in the podcast, I was going to say something about, I like the fact that when her tra- her soul 22 soul is traveling down to earth, she's visibly going somewhere in Asia. Mm-hmm. Like not only is that statistically more probable that eventually you would see that side, that hemisphere of the earth instead of just being right. North America. Um, I just thought that was nice also, because it would have been a little cheesy if she had gone straight to New York and then there right. would have been like a scene. The center of the whole world. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Um, so I did appreciate that little thing, right? I'm ready for my review. I'm ready to review. What's your review? You okay. This is, I think if you had asked me immediately after watching this film, I would have said five out of six. But having had some space to breathe since I watched it, there's not a lot to it for me. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. You would have said five out of six. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say three out of six. Mm -hmm. I think it was fine. It has really amazing moments. But ultimately, I think. This is the kind of film where what I appreciate the most about it is it being a film with a, an, a middle-aged black man as a main character, which is uncommon. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. Um, you know, I appreciate that that's how they went with this, and it's an important thing to be out there. Um, so, But it's one of those things where it's like, maybe if we could just have more diversity in our children's animations – it wouldn't have to be such a big deal. In any case, overall, I feel like this film, there's just something about it that doesn't work for me. Um, but there are moments that make it pretty good. So 50-50, three out of six. Boom. I agree with that. I think 
I think it's also kind of middle of the road for me. I don't know that I would ever watch it again. I think it is, like you mentioned, it is nice that it's highlighting a middle-aged black character. And also, I think that um, it's also important that it's like your introduction um, to his love of jazz is through him. And it's not like through a white character who discovers jazz, which I think would have been way worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think like good on Pixar for doing it that way but also like I think that a lot of this movie could have just been a little I don't know it like well even the music wasn't that exciting and considering it was Nine Inch Nails who did the score or well Trent Reznor but yeah well yeah you know what I mean um which I there's something yeah right there's like something missing I don't know yeah there's like a well, it's funny because Trent Reznor's scores are an Atticus Ross. They both did it. Um, mm-hmm. Their scores, you know, are made for a type of film that is has like an under like an undercurrent of like a pulling and like a dr- like a droning and a dr- like a drawing out. You know, like the Social Network. The whole soundtrack feels like that. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The whole soundtrack feels like that. Like, you feel mm-hmm. like there's an unease to the whole thing. And I feel like this has that, but, like, I don't understand why. Like... I almost... It's... Because it's just not the kind of film... And maybe I'm pigeonholing, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, but I feel like that's where their music is really exciting, is in things that make you feel unsettled. And this is a children's movie. Yeah. And, and it's a children's he, movie that's not designed to make you feel unsettled, I think. Like yeah, the soundtrack certainly is, but like nothing else that's it kinda, occurring. It goes out of its way. I feel like to be like, yeah, this is a movie about a character who's maybe dead and kind of goes in and out of a coma, but like they really go out of their way to be like, but your soul is adorable. And right. like, everything's really cute. And like the only kind of somewhat scary part is when he jumps off the path to the great beyond and and he falls through the afterlife and he it's not even really scary it's just he like there's some weird animation where he's like stretched out and he's repeated like he's going through some sort of a yeah transformation yeah um yeah and i think like it also does a good job of being like ambiguous like in relation to religion which i think is a success of it but also like mm-hmm. you know a soul is a religious concept. So that in itself is like, I don't know. It, I feel like it didn't, I almost could have done without the whole, uh, sort of soul aspect of this movie. You know what I mean? Like if <laughs> Which I had the point of it, Harrison, <laughs> I know, but like, I, I don't know. I just think of, I, I think if this movie hadn't shown any of that and we were just like, what the fuck? The cat is the per like what, you know it. Oh, like if what there had just been was, some sort of a spirit situation, but without the 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 like without like of spelling heaven, it all out for us. Yeah, yeah yes. I think that that would have been a little more interesting because it would have let the audience come to their own conclusions instead of. That's actually sort a really of interesting point. Painting yeah. it out so matter of factly, like it doesn't really leave much room for interpretation and in fact i would argue like maybe the only interpretation it leaves is like what religion is this following (laughs) you know like is this christianity like is this you know like Mm -hmm. which 
you know, I presume it is because America. Um, but yeah, I think I, en- I certainly enjoyed watching it, um, but it wasn't, it left me a little unsatisfied in the same way that you're describing. Mm-hmm. I-, I will say one of the best things about this film is a tweet someone made about a conversation they had with like their nephew when they were watching it. Did you see this? Cause it's really funny. Oh, I don't, I don't know. What did it, what was it? Okay. It's, it's like, they're talking about, um, how they're watching this film with their nephew and, um, during the first scene when you first see the little unborn souls, the nephew goes, I remember this place. And all the oh. adults are like, what? <laughs> what? And he's like, he's like, yeah, they showed it in a trailer. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's like the funniest shit. So honestly, 10 out of 10 for that tweet. Three out of six for the film. Um, well, one thing I want to talk about very quickly, and then we'll wrap up. You mentioned... Mm-hmm that you did not like Inside Out, which we have not reviewed and I have not seen. But that was a Pixar movie prior to this. And I didn't know this, but the person who... Pete Doctor, I guess, Mm -hmm. won an Academy Award for Inside Out and then went on to develop this. Yeah, um, actually, that makes so much sense because I didn't... Yeah, I feel the same way, where it's like watching it, there were moments that I thought were really great. Um... Overall, I was very, very, very meh about it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's that makes so much sense that it was him because I I find both of them for the most part boring. <laughs> I, I mean, Inside Out, <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of tired and convoluted in a similar way that this is. I think if you were to watch Inside Out, I think you would feel similarly about the way the system that they, um that they have in that film about memories and emotions and the way that they're stored, like they're physical things inside of a vast, um, like, you know, that scene in this film where the, um, the counter is going through all the files mm-hmm. of every yeah. person who ever existed. Um, that's when I really realized I didn't know the character's name, even though they had said it a million times. Cause I was like, how far in the alphabet is it going to have to go? Anyway, <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. That set design that, that idea of where it's like, man, when we're in the New York City set, it's so nice and there's so much to look at and it's so rich. And then you have a film that just takes you into a void because it's about the void. Right. Inside Out is just all of the fucking void. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so boring to watch, honestly. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it's so it, – in the exact same ways that this film is boring to watch visually. Right. So, well, yeah. I thought it was funny because I read about the writing and it was like they they wanted they basically settled on the main character Joe of being a musician because they wanted a profession the audience could root for and settled for a musician after trying for a scientist which quote didn't feel naturally pure as a musician's life, <laughs> which okay. is like which is so telling that it's like this person who has great success monetarily because they're a scientist is fucking boring and this person who has such a squandered life because they're a musician is eclectic is like wow good going pixar like (laughs) the the fact that the that him as a jazz musician was an afterthought to the writing of the script makes a lot of sense because you don't get the sense that like there's an excitement about jazz outside of the main character saying he's excited about jazz and i might be biased because i'm not excited about jazz um, but I also think, but, like, to that point, most of my experience with 
band, which was very limited in high school or mm-hmm. even middle school, I guess. I don't remember. Um, I feel like was mostly through the lens of jazz. It was like, we're going to learn this jazz based mm-hmm. piece or whatever. Like, it's just, why is that the go-to for children? Like, <laughs> uh, because it, I, I have no idea. That's a great question. Like, I guess maybe there's a general thought that like kids don't like jazz, but they should like, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's almost like an easy way to be like, this isn't just music, it's meaningful music. Jazz, you know it's meaningful because old people like it. Right. You know, I don't know. It's just interesting <laughs> because then that's, I mean, that's the gateway to tapping this movie into those middle school children, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, see, mm-hmm. this this Pixar movie is even about jazz. It's like, I mean, it's it's not like. Oh, uh, I'm positive that this is going to be the the sub lesson plans for all of eternity. For I should ask my I have a close friend who's a middle school band teacher at my school. Yeah, you should ask. So, I'm so is curious. Sub plan ever going to be not soul from now on? <laughs> right. It's just so interesting though. It's like, why do we keep perpetuating this like notion that know. soul is cool or that <laughs> the jazz is cool because it's do not we keep lying to the children. <laughs> No, not genres. to shit on jazz. I mean, like, if you listen to not jazz, you're like, jazz. you're like, oh, this took effort. Next. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the summary of Soul. The end. The end. I, I don't know. This guy apparently is boring dude who makes boring movies. Come at me. <laughs> Peter. Peter. What's his name? Peter Beater. That's his name. Peter Beater. No, it's Pete Doctor. <laughs> And next time we'll be reviewing the movie Jazz. Well, he's also the C C O. What the what is he? A director and he's the financial anyway. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.